everyone, and welcome to the Authentic Leadership Podcast. I am your host, accredited coach, CC Ojani Bekor. I'm the founder of the main protagonist, Coaching. I'm really excited to be connecting with you guys once again, and I'm particularly excited about this episode because I've got an amazing colleague and friend here with me, Dr. Carol Chakua. Dr. Carol, hi, how are you? Hi, Stacey. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's so nice to reconnect again. Uh, Dr. Carol and I did a couple of uh, webinars a few months ago, and I thought it would just be good to reconnect with her. But first, let me introduce you formally. Dr. Carol, everybody, is a certified psychologist and the founder of Being Parenting, capital B, capital E, Being Parenting. You can learn more about how she can help you if you go to www.beingparenting.com. She's a mom, a psychotherapist, a parenting coach, and she's passionate about parenting, emotional wellness, and quality education. So Being Parenting is a program for the 21st century parent and caregiver of kids from toddler to teen. It equips parents to identify their own personal obstacles to effective parenting and provides practical tools for dealing with moment-by-moment -moment parenting struggles. Dr. Carol holds a PhD in medical education, a master's degree in counseling psychology, and she's also a certified trainer of trainers in skillful parenting. So this lady knows what she's talking about. She and I actually met um, last year, I believe it was, Dr. Carol. Time has gone so fast. We I were know, on- That was um, last it, year. It was last like, year, yeah. 2019, <laughs> wow. Um, and we were doing some public speaking together. She shared her journey as a mom, um, her parenting journey quite candidly. And I just found myself being really moved and really impressed by what she was saying. And today, Dr. Carol is here because as we know, um, in this unusual season that we're in, these unprecedented times, apart from how to keep safe, top of mind, uh, we're also thinking about how to be with our kids in the same homes, day in, day out and of course also how to handle their education. Um, it's not easy for a lot of parents and we're hoping uh, Dr. Carol, well, we're not hoping, I know Dr. Carol will provide us with some ideas, some insights into how we can make this journey more easeful. So welcome Dr. Carol, it's really good having you here and thanks for your time. Sure, Cece, thanks for having me. It's always such a pleasure to be here. Good, good. So let's kick off with, um, you know, I've, I've read out your bio, but for those who don't know, how does a parenting coach like you help people? And why would a person need to see one? Yeah, uh, yeah. So a parent coach definitely works with parents. So why would yeah. a parent want to see a parenting coach? I think uh, for me, I believe that to become a great parent, is not natural sometimes we just make the assumption that because bathing or having children in our space comes so naturally then you know we should just 
go with the flow or wing it as we go. But one of the things I have realized working with parents over the years is that virtually all parenting dilemmas boil down to one thing, Sissy, and that is relationships. And so yeah. what a parenting coach does is just really help a parent look at the dynamics of how they are relating with their ch children, because really that's where the, the, the heart of the issue is and the key, key problems are just about the relationships. So when parents come to me usually, because as a therapist, they'll bring their children to me for therapy, but yeah. they also would come you know, questions like, what do I do to change my child's behavior? So what I do as a parenting coach is really help the parent look inward yeah. uh, to begin to focus on the dynamics of their relationships, to begin to ask questions like, how am I showing up? How is this affecting or contributing to the child's behaviors? How am I being? Like my, my program is Being Parenting, B-E-I-N-G. Yeah. It really yeah. focuses on how you are being as opposed to what you need to do. We do, yeah. we, we get a lot of information out there about what we need to do to fix our children's behaviors, to have better relationships. But do we really focus on um, how we are being, how we are showing up? So what a parent coach will do is, you know, really just equip you with the tools to look inward so that you begin mm. to uh, enjoy better relationships with your ch children, uh, yeah. ask questions like how is my inner environment affecting how my child is behaving? Yeah. Uh, how do I grow as my child is growing? Uh, because really great parents are not born, they become. And oh, that becoming that's powerful. Is a process. Right, it's a process and it's not an event. Great parents are not born, we become. Ooh, Dr. Carol, that's powerful. Yes. That's really powerful. Um, yes. So it's about uh, taking personal responsibility rather than my child is this, my child is that. Dr. Carol, help me. It's about, as you say, looking inward and going, okay, what am I, if anything, contributing to this situation? How can I, if anything, um, make the situation um, more easeful for everybody involved. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. not, you know, that doesn't mean you start piling guilt on yourself, yes. you know, or feeling like, oh my gosh, this is now, you're making parenting so complicated. No, it's yes. not that. It's really just being able to take a deep breath. And even just start having more compassion on yourself as well. So it's, we're not just pointing fingers at, your faults, like am hey, I contributing yes. to the, my child's bad behavior? But really, yes. just understanding yourself more and and really growing as your your your, your parenting. We need to grow as we parent. We haven't arrived. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. Now, when we last spoke, um, you talked about what you call carpenter parenting um, and farmer parenting. Uh, I find that sure. analogy so powerful. Can you share more about mm -hmm. that? Sure, Sissy. That's one of my most favorite topics to talk yeah. about. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and because it's really so much my journey as well, uh, you know, we have several models of parenting, Sissy, and they are out there. You know, scholars have come up with them and other people, parenting experts, you know, there's authoritative parenting, authoritarian parenting, yeah. uh, uninvolved parenting. So we have, you know, those key ones out there. But 
what I've discovered over time from my own personal experiences and even working with parents is that we are either showing up as a carpenter or a farmer. And when you think about a carpenter, a uh, parent is one who just is, acts like a carpenter, you know, before you, a real professional carpenter, okay, yeah. will actually have a full blueprint image of what it is they want before they start their work. So yeah. it has to be the exact specification, you know, so if it is a blue table, it's oval shaped, uh, it has a certain shape of, you know, the legs, you know, they have to draw it exactly that way. Then they're like, okay, so how much material do I need? Um, what do I exactly, what do I need to get to this point? And that's when now they start doing the work. So as they keep going, one eye is always trained on the final product, on the blueprint. Yeah. And a carpenter is very precise. It's, this precision is a carpenter's mantra. You know that phrase we say, you measure twice, then you cut once. You know, you have to be yes. very careful because you really are looking at the end product. And yeah. so this carpenter you know, is always clearing the, as they go. If they are professional, they want to do everything in a very perfect way. And so there's a lot of, um, am I doing the right thing? Do I need to fix? Do I need to plan? And sometimes a lot of the information we get about parenting you know what i talked about the doing versus being the yeah. doing is about how do i get my child to potty train at a certain age how do i get my child to be respectful how do i get my child to say yes at the first call you know when i say hey come here and they're like yeah, yes mommy you know so kind of we're just trying to, to to come up with this beautiful piece of furniture but really it's beautiful for the whole world to see but it's yeah. inanimate because we can't we, we don't really have a relationship it's not natural it's not organic as we go and mm -hmm. a lot of that information really that comes into our space for parenting is geared towards the carpenter parenting model where we are always fixing fixing nipping things in the bag making sure we are clearing so that when we get to teenage we have all the problems solved you know stuff like that but then you know the cup the farmer on the other hand really just Yes, they do have an image of what they want. You know, you know you want X number of uh, sacks of mangoes, for example, at the end of the harvest. And when they start, they are still intentional. So it's not that they're just going with the flow, but they're intentional. But what they are clear about is that they don't have the exact specification of what they want. And so the process of parenting as a farmer is very trusting, is very, um, relational and reflective as you go you want you have to think about if i want uh, the harvest of responsibility then what kind of seed do i have to plant i'm not going to fix responsibility into place but i have to pick a seed that actually aligns with the, the harvest that i desire but even as you put the seed in the ground you have to think about what kind of environment do i need to provide for this seed to grow what kind of training do yeah. i have to put there how much time do i need to just allow the lessons to land so a farmer is very process oriented is very relational yes. oriented but they're also aware that um 
ultimately they don't have complete control over the results. So there's a lot of reflectiveness. How do I grow as my child is growing? And we need to think more of the farmer. Usually I say you can never be 100% farmer or 100% carpenter, but my yeah. work is to be able to, to just help parents activate the, the farmer qualities, which they already have in them, the nurturing qualities, the reflective yeah. qualities in them, so that they can provide that environment uh, for their children to grow. That's, um, it's such a powerful analogy because as you think about a farmer, you automatically remember that actually, yeah, there's a lot that's out of the farmer's control or what we in coaching call um, his or her sphere of influence. But the right. farmer just trusts, makes the yes. right moves, you know, as you said, um, you know, what's the sort of uh, fertilizer, if anything, I need here. What uh, you know? How much time is this gonna take? The mangoes don't all look the same, um, and that's okay, you yes. know. And there's something very natural and beautiful and accepting. And there's a lot a farmer has to let go of. E even a remarkable farmer that produces a fantastic harvest has mm -hmm. had to let go of a lot. Um, and, and do only what he or she can and, mm -hmm. and, and trust uh, that the rest will work out. Um, I also love that analogy because, um, you know, you, you use the word process and it's something that I share with, with my clients as well. I say, you know, it's great to be goal oriented. It's great to be results oriented, but you have to understand how the process unfolds will determine whether you're happy with that end result or not. So we do yeah. need to, to, to pay a lot of attention to the process. The um, process. Now, Dr. Carroll, sorry, carry on. Yes. And also have the humility to reevaluate where you are because a farmer, a, a carpenter just, you, you know, is so stuck on the final product. So you don't really have time to reevaluate and ask myself, yourself, do I really need to Maybe I need to change how I'm doing things, you know. Yeah. And ultimately, it's really so that you can develop healthier relationships with your children. You really want that. You really want your kids at 25 to look forward to coming home for Christmas, okay? 100%. So most of you know, the carpenter, the carpenter really is looking at uh, my child at 25 should be able to keep a job, uh, have good relationships out there, have, you know, just so much focus on what they will eventually become. But, you know, a farmer, a farmer uh, parent really wants to be able to have a place for their child to come home to. And you yeah. see, um, when the relationship, when you, and that's what research tells us, Cece, is that all, when you want all these outcomes we desire for our children in terms of re resilience, relationships, uh, them having meaningful purpose, uh, them having great success or fulfillment at work, it still boils down to relationships. So really, yes. as a farmer, that's what, that's what you know you want to be able to cultivate in your children. And those other yes. outcomes really become uh, the harvest. Exactly. The result of um, the, the efforts you made, uh, the decisions and thoughts and the nourishment you provided during the process phase of, of things. Now, um, Dr. Right. Carroll, a lot of people have heard this phrase to reparent yourself. I remember hearing it 15 mm -hmm. years ago when I started taking personal mm -hmm. development very seriously. 
Uh, but a lot of people don't know what that means. What, what does it mean to reparent yourself? Yeah, uh, good question. And yeah, it's, it's still um, a very foreign word, especially in this part of the world, reparent yourself, what do you mean? And I say that because sometimes we make a lot of assumptions about how we were parented, and we always want to look at what we consider the good aspects of how we are parented, or what we choose to say, you know, uh, uh, this is what I went through. And so look at me, I have turned out okay. So that's what I'm going to do with my children. And I usually tell parents, just, just take a step back and, 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 and help me understand, what do you really mean by being okay? You know, do you just want to be okay? So what happens is, um, you know, my work is um, a lot of the, 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 the ideas that I have, I have um, borrowed from one of my mentors in this space is Dr. Shefali Sabari yeah. and she's a psychologist and a parenting coach and she, she has this phrase that I love to use Cici, that says unless you are fulfilled you will use your children to complete you yeah you will teach your children to live with your unacknowledged fears your rejected emptiness and your forgotten lies while unaware that you are doing so. And for me, the tragedy is right there, that we do all these things while unaware that we are doing so. And how do we do that? It's because, you know, we go through uh, experiences in our, in our childhood. And because as human beings, the natural thing to do is to seek pleasure. So all these negative aspects of our experiences, we quickly bury them. We use other coping mechanisms because we need to survive. We need to move on with life because life is still moving on. So we yeah. have um, a lot of fears that we have, we have not acknowledged. We have gone through spaces of rejection over time. And so we have a sense of rejected emptiness in us. And the forgotten wow. lies really are those things in our past that we have decided to forget yeah. so that we could move on in life. But yeah. you see, that's unfinished business. Are you probably that term that we use also in therapy and coaching circles about unfinished business? Whenever yeah. unfinished business is there, it seeks to be finished. You know, think about an incomplete circle, you know. So that incomplete part, somehow we look for ways to finish that business. And guess yeah. when we, do you know at the point which we get an opportunity to finish that business? It's when we have children ourselves. Okay, because what children do when they come, they become mirrors of the things that we haven't dealt with 100%. naturally. And so, they do, yes, and they, they do those things that trigger the things we haven't worked on. And when yeah. they do those things, we react to them. You know, we, they trigger us and we react. And because it's uncomfortable, we sort of blame them for triggering yes. those things to us. All this stuff is happening while we are unaware, you know, that we are doing so. Yeah. So for me, reparenting is really trying to go back to, 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 to complete that unfinished business. Just being yeah. able to, to, to um, put together the pieces of our past that are thrown all over the place using very specific, you know, through coaching, through therapy, yes. to be able yes. to put together those uh, unclear pieces 
yes. and, and, and give ourselves the, the kindness and the nurturing that we didn't get. Uh, yeah. Let our brains know, in a sense, that, hey, it's okay. You don't have to keep going out there looking for ways to finish. Look, I yes. am here. Okay, let me nurture you. Let me give you compassion. Let me um, bring forgiveness in this space. Let me bring healing in this space so that we are no longer using our children to complete yes. those spaces. So for me, that's how I would look at, um, at, at, repar at reparenting. You identify the spaces of pain, heart, frustration, yeah. or rejection that may have been part of your childhood. And just being able to bring closure to those spaces in a way that is systematic. I usually yeah. say it's not; it doesn't have to be brain science, you know, yeah. or rocket science to do that. Sometimes it takes just you being able to see it in general out that space. Um, a lot of psychologists will call it um, making a co coherent life story, you know, like a yes. coherent narrative, because yes. it's not coherent. And that's why you're feeling all over the place and uncomfortable. So if you are able to bring together those pieces, then they begin to make sense. You really make a difference in providing now a more healthy environment uh, for your children. Yeah, you, you, you go from projecting onto your kids to taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget years ago, my very first coach when I was living uh, in Australia, my very first coach said to me, you know, Cece, you, you really do need to find ways as, as human beings, you really do need to find ways of making peace with your past. Because one of the, <laughs> one of the tricky things that can happen is you can have a child that reminds you of the parent you still have issues with. And I know some people are in that situation. Right. You haven't made peace with your dad. Your son reminds you of your dad. You haven't made peace with your mom. Your daughter reminds you of your mom. So it's really, it's really important to interrupt that process. I like how you phrase it, you know, tie up those loose ends, close, close those gaps in healthier ways like coaching, therapy, you know, meditation, rather than hoping that your kids will do it for you. Yeah. Um, so let me ask this, Dr. Carol, we are in unprecedented times, COVID-19, social distancing, civil unrest, there's a lot going on in 2020. What are parenting coaches like yourself advising, if anything, that, um, you know, clients do or not do during this season? Right. Right. I think one is, um, CC is, uh, there's no one size fit all strategy. Yeah. Uh, and so what you need to do first is really just take care of yourself. I keep preaching on self-care. I yes. it's not that I don't care what's going on with your children. I love that I would love that you focus on yourself first because you can't you can't mm, pour out of an empty cup. So fill yeah. your cup. Take care of yourself. Take a break, take a vacation, you know, take yes. 20 minutes every day to just be by yourself and do something that relaxes you, even if it's just covering yourself under the blanket at 11 a.m., you know, just so that you yeah. can get a breather. Yeah, what, do what you need to do to get a breather. Exactly, do that and prioritize that and let the members of your family know that that is your time. So yeah, 
they can come knock on the door, but you're not going to respond, you know, and put yeah. a timer if you need to, especially with the little kids, put a timer and put it out there and say, when the timer goes off, honey, then I will be back, okay? So really prioritize that and communicate to uh, the members of your family. And I think uh, for me, second is self-awareness, which is really pretty much what we've been talking about now. Um, what are your thoughts? How are you interpreting your children's behaviors? What are your triggers? Okay, are you being triggered? Uh, do you feel stressed out? What are your current circumstances? Are you having a hard time sleeping? Are you having just, you know, have a higher level of self-awareness so that yeah. you're able to identify whether the, 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 the things your children are doing are theirs or they're yours so that you can take care of what you can, you know, you own what is yours and take care yeah. of it. So for me, self-awareness is very important. Just being able to be aware of your triggers, um, of, of how you're handling and managing stress and being careful not to allow that to um, flow over to your child and uh, to, to your children. Um, yeah. And, you know, if, if the, I know that we, we do have consequences to give our children, but let's prioritize relationship. Okay, yeah. let's prioritize relationship. Let's prioritize, take time to train our children in the things that we desire. We have, you know, we're talking about the paradox of these times. We have a lot more time with our children. So pick one thing that you can train them in. And that's just to set them up for success. It could be something as simple as how to make a bed, okay? And let that be the thing that you're teaching them through, through this season. Some, you know, making a meal in the kitchen. And you're killing yeah. several bugs with one stone by doing that because you're spending time with them, you're bonding with them, and you're teaching them something. So take time to do that. Um, I would say, you know, usually we have this picture of the ideal child. Figure out, do I, am I comparing my child with an ideal child out there who actually doesn't exist? So most yeah. of the time when we're interacting with our children, we wish they could be something else, okay? We wish they could talk slower or talk faster. They could eat better or chew better, you know. <laughs> Just take yeah. time. In fact, I usually tell parents, you know, sit down, take a moment this week to observe your child. Okay, just when they are being themselves, when when you're not trying to fix them like a carpenter, just observe yeah. them and figure out what are you discovering about them, and allow yeah. those to be the points of of, of 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 fun for you, points of affirming your child. What is it that you can affirm your child when you're not trying to fix them? So take time to learn yeah. and observe your children more than try to fix them, and you'll discover there is so much um, amazing attributes that they have. And then you know, go easy on yourself. You know, let go of that uh, model parent syndrome that sometimes we see out there, whether it's on TV or or Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we have this picture of the ideal parent and sometimes someone will post something about what they are doing with their children and you're like oh my gosh I'm not even anywhere close to that that means I'm a failure and I'm not doing well so yeah. I think we do have that picture and we need to really just let go of it and um, you know it's okay to lower the bar as you figure out how to better relate with your children. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. But you know, now that we are five months into in, also let's, let's um, provide simple routines for our children because yeah. they desire that. Right now they crave for routine because they haven't had it for, for, for a while. So create simple routines and you know, give yourself three days. See if not working, you can review maybe by the yeah. end of the week. 
Think of things there's... and finally breathe. Yeah. Like, breathe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the breath, the breath is so important. Um, you know, um, which is why we're advised, you know, yeah, you need to wear your mask, but certainly don't stay with a mask for a very long time. I mean, there's so many metaphors and analogies in this season. It's, it's quite remarkable when you think about it. The breath is very, very important. Um, and, and, you know, Dr. Carl, there's something to be said for surrender. You know, there's, there is nothing you can do in these times. You, you know, if you're not wearing your mask, you'll, you'll, you'll get into trouble. You know, the, the kids are not in school. That's beyond your control or your sphere of influence. One of my clients said something really profound to me. He said, you know, Cece, learning doesn't just happen in school. There is so much um, his, his uh, kids are learning in this season that they may not have learned um, uh, in, in, a, in a normal time, you know? So it's, it's that whole making hay while the sun shines, you know? Let me go out with my kids to, you know, the backyard and let's see what we can discover there. Like, oh, hey, I used to love cooking. I don't cook anymore. Let me cook again and, and show my kids how. I mean, we can get really creative as parents during this season, can't we? Yes, we can. And, and what you said is right. It comes, it first starts with surrender, you know? Yeah. When you surrender, you actually invite more creativity. So there is so much we can do now. And all those examples you're giving about just getting out to the yard, if there's a yard, yeah. you know, coming up with stuff that you can do in, um, in the house together as a family. Um, yeah. I can get from, um, you know, Pinterest and stuff like that to just hang out together and create memories. Uh, exactly. I love that. What memories can you create um, as a family during this season? Hang on to that, people. That's really important. My final question, uh, yeah. Dr. Carol, is, you know, empathy helps. It helps to put yourself into another person's shoes so you can understand where they're coming from. Can you share some insights into what it might be like for our children during this unusual time? I mean, where we're just talking about how hard it is as parents, but what about the kids? What are they going through? Yeah. A lot. Um, and yeah. one, it will depend how we are handling it. So if we are anxious and not settled, they're just soaking that anxiety and the panic and the stress. So again, taking care of ourselves will really go out a long way in even giving, putting in us in a position where we are providing the right environment for our children. But you know what? Uh, I think we have, we, we take a lot of things for granted. The fact that our kids go to school and there's a routine. Now, what a routine and structure does for kids is it gives them a sense of safety. So there is a sense of um, insecurity they're ex experiencing now because sometimes, especially when there's no routine and structure, they don't know what to expect next. And so yeah. they could be edgy, they could be increased tantrums, there could be anxiety just because the routine is not there. You know, many times we say our kids so, do so much better in school than at home. One of the one of the main things that ex kids experience in school that they don't experience at home is uh, 
what to expect, you know, from an English lesson to a math lesson to a PE lesson. And so just to give you a picture is that really they're feeling very insecure now because of the lack of structure. Yeah. They're also uh, missing their friends. Yeah. It's always, yeah, we're in class, my, my, my desk mate, yes, Maybe before they would say they are fighting a lot with them, but that's part of the bonding. They are actually yep. missing their friends and yep. they're desiring those connections. Um, you know, we as human beings, uh, we, we, we thrive, of course, because of our social connect connectedness. And that's yeah. more so our children who do not yet have the skills, uh, you know, social skills to be by themselves for a long time. So yeah. it's important for us to understand that they are missing their friends and therefore that is actually affecting their emotional and social well-being and we need to provide an environment where they can connect. One of the things we've been doing with my family, who, I mean, we're like in four different countries. So we're having these Zoom sessions where, you know, we get together with our siblings and their kids. And, you know, it, this thing has evolved so much that our kids are the ones who are now asking for it. They're like, when's our next Zoom meeting, you know? And we're playing games. They're still connecting, you know, with their cousins now. Yeah, we play Kaput. I don't know if you have not Kaput. It's such <laughs> an amazing uh, website there that, you know, you have different games, different questions. The last time we got together, we were doing, um, we were just sharing old baby pictures. And the kids had a ball just laughing at how we looked when we were young. So we, pro we need, because of they don't have the social connectedness, we really need to pr provide those um, spaces in a, in a way that's very intentional. Um, children also thrive better when they're able to use all their five senses. That's where mm -hmm. they learn better. That's good for the emotional health. So again, there's a lot of pent up pressure if they're not able to get out. So yeah. please let let kids get out, and it's not easy now, especially when they are older. You know, they get used to staying in, and they don't want to get out. I think yeah. that has to be made mandatory, like make it uh, one of those non-negotiable things for your children in this season. Get them out. Get yeah, them out into out nature, especially. Yeah, not not out into. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, closed oh. environments indoors, out into nature, no. you know, find a little park, yes. find a forest somewhere, wherever in the world you're listening to right. it from, yeah? Yeah, it engages all the senses. Engages all the senses and it's good for them. Uh, otherwise, that's when you got, you got the outbats, the tantrums at whatever age. So, yeah. and remember, they, need, they do need a routine and they need structure. So, um, I'm sure this COVID has, because we've been waiting for it to end, maybe we've not been in a position to really develop a routine that is stable and regular, but this is the time to really now begin to put that in place. I think we've been in this long enough for us to now begin to figure out, hey, this yeah. is what we can do generally. So they do need a routine. So for me, it's yeah. really just providing those opportunities for them to let off yeah. the steam. Um, and bond, create as yeah. many connections as possible. Yeah. Nice, nice. Any last words of wisdom for us, Dr. Carol, <laughs> before we wrap up? You've shared so many gems. Any last words of wisdom you want to share with any parent who might be listening to this? It would be great if they were listening with their older kids. What say you? Breathe. You talked about, we talked about breathing. I would breathe. say breathe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cause let's don't be in a hurry. I mean, we didn't know this year would be the way it was. So can you just kind of let go and just yeah. breathe? Because when you breathe, yeah. when you surrender, then you are really able to see with more clarity. Yeah. Um, and you know, trust your instincts this season because there's no one size fit all. True. Trust your instincts. You really are enough. Yeah. And um it's not like the things you will do will ruin your children because sometimes we get so obsessed about not wanting to ruin our children that we just yeah we kind of get paralyzed in the things we need to do so trust your instincts um, yeah then i think one of the things as cc is community and village is still very important and yep. you know bring people into your space don't do this alone um you know whatever space you're in there yeah. are people you that you can yeah bring in when you need a break you need a break um let your children reaching out reach out yes. mm, reach out reach out to people um this it's such a this is a very paradoxical time it's uh challenging mm -hmm. for many but there are also some remarkable opportunities for growth here um and right. i i know i'm a mom myself i have a three-year-old you know, we're just taking it week by week, you know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in December, and I, I don't need to know. Um, there's there's yeah. a lot of power, you know. Um, anyone who has received coaching knows that, uh, uh, you know, we are big believers in the power of the present moment. Um, you know, focusing on your breath, being here now, doing whatever it is you're doing while you're doing it. There's a lot of power in that, you know, it, it can really clear the mind and enable a person to make some very powerful decisions as opposed to freaking out about the future or ruminating about the past. So it's an interesting time, Dr. Carol, isn't it? Very interesting time. And there's yeah. so much we can harness out of this season. And, you know, even just the opportunity for us to have these conversations. Yes. I yes. have a feeling we would not have them to this depth if it was just yes. our regular eight to five doing, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, this time last year, for example. So there's a lot of wealth that is coming out of this season that we need to leverage receive, on, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, yeah. Dr. Carol. Thank you so much. It's always so insightful uh, listening to you remember guys wherever in the world you are you can reach dr carol at www.beingparenting that's b-e-i-n-g parenting one word dot com mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening stay tuned for episodes coming up in the future and of course you can always turn to the back catalog where i've shared a lot of um, information, words of wisdom on your leadership and your wellness. Thanks so much, Dr. Carol. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you, Cece. Such a great <laughs> pleasure today. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.